Hi, this is Dr. Tom Rogers. On Tuesday afternoon at 5 at 5, uh, every week we um, take your questions, and I have five more questions here from today, so hopefully they're good. Um, you're like my last patient of the day, so here they are. Dr. Rogers, can you take an over-the-counter antihistamine such as Benadryl instead of Pepsid to combat COVID-19? Um, no, you can't. Remember, Benadryl is an antihistamine. Um, the Pepsid or Zantac, Tagamet, that's in that H2 blocker category. So in other words, it's more of an antacid type thing. So Benadryl would have no treatment in the course of COVID-19. Um, you know, in my suggested regimen that you need to start following if you want to maybe prevent yourself from getting COVID-19, it's no guarantee, but certainly something that you need to think about. Take vitamins D, C, zinc, a Pepsid AC, and an aspirin every day. Um, and we'll talk about that as we, as we go on with this COVID thing, but those are some things. So Benadryl, no. Pepsid, yes. It's odd because Pepsid just has the right amount of acid blocking um, for your stomach. If you're on a PPI like Nexium or Prilosec or Meprazole, um, that type of thing, then get off those and transfer to something like Pepsid AC during this COVID outbreak. It's odd that the uh, PPIs like the heavy hitters, which you shouldn't take long-term anyway unless you have something like a Barrett's esophagus, they actually do more harm than good for COVID. So Pepsid, yes. Prilosec, Nexium, no. Uh, for prevention of COVID. Uh, next question. What's your opinion about hydroxychloroquine and zinc for preventing and treating COVID-19? This must have been the same person that asked this. Um, yeah, I'm, believe me, I'm all for it. I think it works. This has been very controversial, and if you'll look at some of the, the news feeds about this and um, some of the what I call academic ivory tower people um, have really poo-pooed this idea about using hydroxychloroquine, which is used to treat malaria. Um, and it's been used for over 50 years for that. You can get it over the counter in all these African countries. Um, we also use it to treat rheumatoid arthritis and, uh, and some several other autoimmune diseases in this country. And it's been used by rheumatologists and doctors for many years. It's a very safe drug. And there's a lot of great evidence, many studies that have shown that's really benefits um, early treatment of COVID-19. It may not work as well when you're really sick with it when you go in the hospital. And I think that's why the studies kind of um, were negated. And um, who knows why they were? I mean, in my opinion, and you can, look, you can Google it and look at many doctors who use reputable doctors, including an epidemiologist from Yale University that says we ought to be using this on most everybody early on, and maybe even prevention for people on the front lines. I know I've used it to treat patients for this. I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, but it's funny because doctors are getting in trouble for this. Um, you know, they approved it for off-label use for COVID-19 when it was, you know, really rampant. 
and now they've retracted that and say we can't use it but you can use it it's maybe hard to find and it's odd that um even some of the pharmacists will give you a hard time over it um I was calling in a prescription for you also need to use a Z pack for this as well. So Z pack, hydroxychloroquine and zinc. Um, a lot of evidence that this really helps fight off this disease before it gets rampant in your system. Um, but anyway, I did, I called a, a prescription in for a patient in another state, my patient and, uh, for, they had an exacerbation of bronchitis, so I called in a Z-Pack for them. And the pharmacist asked me if I was using that for uh, COVID. And I thought, that's an odd question that a pharmacist would ask me that. Um, out of state, they didn't know me around here. They would know I'm fine with using it. Uh, but I thought that was really odd now that um, the government and even pharmacies can step in and tell you, you can't use that medicine for what you want to use it for. So yes, I'm all in support of using it early. I think, uh, it's a great treatment. Um, it's become a political issue, unfortunately, but I'm going to do what's best for my patients. I don't have to have a double blinded placebo controlled trial to tell you this thing does work for most people early on in the disease. And I've never seen an arrhythmia from this. I mean, it's hydroxychloroquine is actually safer than ibuprofen. So, um, you know, you need to think about that. Go on and do your research. For some reason, it's turned very political. And I think that's the reason a lot of people are afraid to use it. But I certainly have used it, and it's worked well. The other medicine that I use for it that's off-label is um, uh, an inhaled nebulized pulmacort. Um, it's, an, it's an inhaled steroid that seems to really work well when you start to get bronchitis with it. So, um, again, very controversial, though, unfortunately. Um, all right, next question. I'm a 45-year-old female. What should I do if I'm on pellets and still experiencing hot flashes? Well, you need to get your labs checked to make sure we have your estradiol level in the right range. Um, you need to take your progesterone at night. That also helps prevent hot flashes. And I mean, sometimes, you know, with pellets, uh, you need to tweak the dose just a little bit. So there, there, there's something going on there where we haven't balanced your, your hormones quite right yet. Um, sometimes it just means a little higher dose of the estradiol. Um, so... And you can also take some other things for hot flashes, um, like evening primrose oil, borage oil, some things over the counter, some herbs that really help that too, excuse me. Um, all right, next question. In this week's doctor's note, you mentioned ED, erectile dysfunction, is a circulation problem. I always thought it was hormonal. Could it be both or is, is it always either or? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, ED is usually a circulatory problem. The small circulation in that area to the pelvis is sometimes the first one to get blocked off. And also, when I see this, I always try to make sure they've had a coronary calcium score of their heart. I immediately start asking questions about cardiac status, and I check that out too. Um, but it is mainly a circulation problem. Um, low T will certainly cause it. Low T, you know, is more indicative of low libido, et cetera, and, you know, loss of muscle, depression, um, fatigue, increased belly fat, all the reasons we treat low T. 
Um, and erectile dysfunction is one of those things. But the treatment for it is both. You know, you definitely need to correct the testosterone problem. And then uh, if that doesn't cure ED, which a lot of times it alone won't, you can add things like daily Cialis, which is my favorite, and um, or get a his wave treatment with the the sonic shock wave treatments that we talked about last week on the doctor's note works real well but there's a lot of ways to overcome this but it usually is a circulatory um, problem uh, so i hope that helps can one get a pre-covid telemedicine visit at performance medicine to evaluate your risk reduction strategy prior to getting COVID, certainly you can. You can call us up or check, you know, check my website, look at some of my podcasts on uh, prevention of COVID. Um, that way you'd kind of be in loop for treatment if we need to treat you. Again, I'm encouraging people that think they have COVID that have fever, flu-like symptoms, loss of taste or smell, not to come in the office. Uh, but to call on the phone and do a telemedicine consult. And again, if you get so short of breath that you can't breathe, you go to the emergency room, not a clinic or an urgent care clinic, straight to an emergency room who has the capability of treating this uh, and getting a quick diagnosis. Um, you know, one of the problems that we've had with this thing is the testing. The testing to me has been a complete sham. I think there's a lot of false negatives on this thing. Um, the way you do the swab matters. I think that um, sometimes you have to wait a week or two to get the result. In the meantime, you're getting sicker. You need to treat it. So the testing has been, I think, one of the major failures of our country. It's just still astounding to me that in the United States, which this virus has hit by far the hardest, um, we weren't more prepared for this, and we've done such a crummy job of um, – getting ready for it. You know, a lot of mistakes were made by various organizations and you know it's just a shame. But I think we are winning the battle. One one thing that I don't like is that the media has really been so negative about this thing. It's been unbelievable. It's been scaring people and they're saying we're losing the battle. You know, in my opinion we're winning the battle because we know how to treat it more now. Um and in a way, after this is all over, and I think we're going to be on the downhill course soon, um, we're going to know a lot more, and we're going to get more motivated to take care of yourself and not present with those risk factors uh, and comorbidities that this thing's hitting, like obesity. The number one thing I fight in my practice every day is obesity, and it certainly is the number one risk factor, besides maybe being over 80 years old, of dying of this disease. So, um, you know, I tell everybody to take vitamin D, C, and zinc, um, and, you know, do all the other preventive measures that we've been preaching about for months, and, you know, you should be fine. So be optimistic. Don't be afraid. Um, last question. What are some reasons to get a hormone panel done? I mean, there's a lot of reasons to get a hormone panel done. Um, you know, if you're age 40 or above, you should probably get a hormone panel to see where you stand. People's hormones drop off at different rates, especially women. Uh, you know, men have a kind of a long, downward, steady 
decline in testosterone levels. Women who have four hormones to worry about cycle. So it's much more difficult um, depending on when you check the blood or saliva. So, um, you know, it's just, yeah, you should have your hormone levels or earlier if you have symptoms. I have a lot of people in their early 30s that have low T for various reasons. So if you have symptoms of low hormones or fatigue or so-and-so, crazy periods, erectile dysfunction, low libido, come in and we'll check your hormones. And we want them optimal. They're such a big normal range. You may have been told they were normal when they, they need to be optimal. There's a huge difference in that. Um, okay, we've got a current listener question. That was five. We have a current listener question. Do you have any suggestions for PHN, oh, post-herpetic neuralgia is what that stands for, from shingles and recurrences of them? Um, you know, shingles is a reactivation of an old chicken pox uh, infection from probably when you were a kid. And it never really leaves your body. It just kind of hides in a nerve and may come out um, later on in life, typically in the 50s and the 60s and later, tends to hit older people harder than younger people. Um, and the thing about it is you need to get treatment for it as soon as you think you have them. Um, and usually they're painful, blistery type lesions on one side of the body. They can be on one side of your face, your trunk, your butt, uh, your arm. Um, you know, we see quite a few shingles and early treatment's the key to this because there are antivirals that we use and we usually use a little uh, prednisone as well. Um, what, the reason you treat this early and aggressively is because you can get this thing called PHN, post-herpetic neuralgia, and even after the rash goes away, you can be left with a burning pain there for years. It's very hard to treat. Um, you know, th there is treatment for it. I like to use a lot of the B vitamins. Um, certainly we can use medicines like Neurontin or Lyrica. Um, and, you know, preventing recurrence is sometimes tough, but live a healthy lifestyle. You know, take your vitamins, get your sleep. I think when shingles break out is when some major stressor has occurred. Uh, but and also, nowadays they have a better shingle shot. It's actually two shots, much better than the old shingle shot. So, um, you know, I'm great with that, too. Um, but anyway, so great question on shingles. Uh, shingles is not a lot of fun to have. And it's certainly treated, but treat early, like anything else, prevention and treatment. Prevention probably for this is that shingles vaccine two series step. But um, anyway, great question. I hope you learned a lot from this. Stay tuned to all our uh, podcast. And, um, you know, I'll be appearing on a national network this Thursday, CBN. Uh, one of my podcasts went viral and, um, the folks at CBN saw it, and um, they want to interview me on TV on this Thursday. So listen out for that. I'm going to be giving my opinions about COVID-19, which is such a controversial, uh, relevant thing right now. Um, it's all anybody's talking about. And it should be because, you know, it's a virulent thing that's uh, it's shutting down our schools and everything else, but we don't need that to happen. 
so stay tuned. Keep your ears open. Take care of yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.